This episode of TGC Podcast is sponsored by Acts 29 with an invitation to their 2024 Next Conference happening April 15th through the 17th in Dallas, Texas. You don't want to miss this great lineup of speakers, including Sam Albury, Matt Chandler, Brian Loritz, John Piper, and more. The Next Conference will equip and encourage church planters and church leaders of all types for church ministry. To learn more and register for Next, visit acts29.com slash next. TGC podcast listeners will receive a special discount of $20 off registration prices by using the code TGC. Again, visit acts29.com slash next. That's acts29.com slash next. This episode of TGC Podcast is brought to you by Crossway. In today's rapidly changing culture, ancient liturgical tradition is not only biblical, it's essential. In Crisis of Confidence, Carl Truman analyzes how creeds and confessions can help the Christian church navigate modern concerns, particularly around the fraught issue of identity. He contends that statements of faith promote humility, moral structure, and a godly view of personhood, helping believers maintain a strong foundation amid a culture in crisis. Pick up a copy of Crisis of Confidence wherever books are sold, or visit crossway.org plus to find out how you can get 30% off. We invite you to check out our new release, Evangelism as Exiles, by Elliot Clark, a book about the mission and opportunity of living as a Christian as cultural Christianity fades. A church in exile doesn't have to be a church in retreat. More information at tgc.org slash books. This is the Gospel Coalition podcast, where we seek to renew the contemporary church in the ancient gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Colin Hansen. On today's podcast, Shauna Murray describes why she never thought she would experience burnout, what it was like when it happened, and how she got through it. Shona, we wanted to hear from you about your experience uh, of burnout and how you, what kinds of lessons you've learned uh, from that experience and maybe how you would counsel others who are, who are finding themselves in that situation. Well, in 2003, I lost my Christian joy. Um, I found myself falling off a steep emotional cliff into a sea of ocean of darkness and depression and um, despair. I'd gone from a strong multitasking homeschooling, mom, pastor's wife, um, working as part-time as a doctor, to uh, a broken shell, a major crash, um, no joy left, just sadness and despair. Um, but the question arises, well, how did that happen? And to, to give you a little bit of the background, um, I'd been a Christian since I was very young. I don't know the exact date. I struggled, though, a lot with assurance in my young years, teen years. But I'd got to a kind of established state where I felt more of the joy of the Lord. I had assurance and I wanted to be spent in the Lord's service. Um, I was very conscientious. And my personality was also very determined, very focused. I'd gone to med school. You know, I focused on studies, routine, discipline. And all I had to worry about was myself. So I could work really hard, but I could relax too because of no other responsibilities. But... Uh, things were building up in my life. Um, and the other thing that was very significant is that um, I wasn't someone who would ask for help. I always had this view that, you know, everyone's busy. Um, I didn't want to bother other people. Um, I also had unrealistic expectations of myself, uh, way beyond what God has or God did have. 
Um, I thought I was responsible for everyone and everything that came into my radar, not just partially, but 100%. If you're needy and you need help, I can help. Um, and, you know, it was ultimate total responsibility for areas and things that I had God never expected me to have. When I got into my 30s, um, I was then married, pastor's wife, um, working part-time at night as a doctor, not catching up on sleep the next day adequately. I had a seven-year-old boy, a five-year-old, and an 18-month-old little girl. Um, I'd started homeschooling. I'd done it for a year. And again, I was very focused. I was very focused on their spiritual well-being, took responsibility for, as well as David, but my children's salvation was ultimate. And I almost measured everything minute by minute with a thermometer, if you like, mm. which is very unhealthy. Um, I became, um, we, we'd just gone through a 10-year church split, a church uh, um, debacle, if you like, which culminated in a church split in 2000. And that left a massive fallout, like a nuclear fallout. It impacted the Free Church of Scotland throughout the country, families, friends, everyone was impacted. I thought I'd got through that very well, but hadn't anticipated the impact. Um, I lived beside aging parents, felt responsible for them. Um, two marriages of people very close to me in my life broke up, and they were Christians, and it was devastating to me. You know, I'd never experienced that, and you know, how does that happen to Christians? So at the same time, there was a lot of bad news in the world. The war on terror had begun. You know, 2001, I remember watching Teletubbies with my little boys and uh, the World Trade Center coming down. Um, and at this particular time, I was swirling in a sea of pregnancy hormones. I was four months pregnant with my fourth child. And over a four-month period, I began to go through an emotional decline where I became very sad and very tearful, um, beginning to feel isolated and detached, even from people who loved me, like David and my kids, like an island, like a cork bobbing in the ocean. God began to feel very far away. Um, physically, I began to feel, I lost my appetite, started losing weight. I started getting a lot of um, feelings of fear and terror, like and a sense of a weight sitting in my chest, panic, anxiety, and inexplicable fear. I didn't know where it had come from. I knew I wasn't dying of anything physical because I understood panic attacks, but I hadn't really understood it. This is living terror. And the terror became then very kind of almost spiritual, conceptually. And when I was rereading the Bible, it seemed worse. I began to imperceptibly um, begin to think God was against me. God was my enemy. I became terrified of God. He felt far away. Um, I wondered, was I ever converted? Um, Satan, I was terrified of him. When I read comforting things in the Bible, um, I would drive it all against myself. And anything that was condemning, that was me. So it's almost like a, a slow delusional state developing that I did not realize. Because out with that, I still had my wits about me and my full faculty and function. I began to plow through books, Christian books, to try and get a solution to this. What I now had come to conclude was primarily a spiritual problem. I would read Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners by John Bunyan. Um, the Christian Complete Armour by William Gurnall, trying to find an answer. Um, 
But the problem was the more I delved, the more I studied, the more exhausted my mind became. And I could no longer concentrate on reading the Bible. So I would sit looking at the same words over and over again, and I just couldn't penetrate my mind. Um, eventually, I the whole thing became so major that I could no longer function. I couldn't sleep. I was having nightmares. I was fighting Satan in my mind with scripture. And then I began to wake up wide awake like a terrified bird at five o'clock in the morning. Um, at that point, I realized I was broken. The pressures of life, the stresses had all culminated like Jenga blocks. And that last one toppled the whole thing. My emotional world had fallen apart. Um, God rescued me and God gave my joy back. Um, and just to summarize that, he gave me um, gifts, graces. I received counseling from my dad, who had been a pastor for years. He knew the difference between major depression and spiritual um, backsliding. And he was able to help me see the difference and that my spiritual symptoms were actually on the back of a mental breakdown. I received um, family support through David mainly, practical help, my family. I even took on a cleaner, um, although sometimes I would clean before the cleaner came. That's how crazy I'd become. Um, and I began to take breaks. I began to um, make sleep priority, exercise a priority, walking by the shore on, on my own every day, not trailing kids with me and sorting out refereeing fights, um, walking by the ocean, just outside the sky, nature, places where previously God had really ministered to my soul. I also received the gift of medication in the form of antidepressant. Um, and over time, I began to improve. My devotional life became more realistic. Prayer was so difficult. All I could cry often was, Lord, help, rescue me. And instead of sitting for a half hour and an hour trying to get through, I would take a verse or two verses, five minutes, sit, read it, reread it, pray very briefly, Lord, help me, speak to me through your word, and then physically get off my knees and get going with the day. And all these things God used to help. And the other very helpful thing was called CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. In essence, you find that in the Psalms. Um, where David reminds himself that he's seeing things and he's concluding wrong things, coming to wrong conclusions. But God comes along and helps him to put the correct perspective and correct thoughts on the same situation. Mm -hmm. And I learned that, and I still, you know, that's very important in my life. Um, moving forwards, the recovery of joy, recovery from burnout is a process. It doesn't happen at once. It was over months, even years to some extent. The physical, emotional aspect um, was recovered much quicker. But the spiritual took longer. And I began to see more of God's work in my life through providence. I was here. I thought I was dying. I thought my life was over. David's ministry was over. And now I'm here. What I dreaded didn't happen. How did that happen? God did it. And that helped me begin to reconnect with God. And he has not let me go. And that began to refuel my joy. 
I learned two very important lessons. Before depression, before I had gone through burnout, I did never I never would have believed that I could have that could have happened to me. Clinically, I had had some training in psychiatry for family practice, and I'd seen a lot of people, treated a lot of people. I never understood how bad it was and how deep it was. I guess I figured it was mainly um, genetic predisposition or depressive personalities or major life events. But what I discovered was I was a happy, outgoing, energetic, typey, lively Christian. I wanted to be spent in the Lord's service. And I literally imploded. God taught me a big lesson. No one is strong enough to avoid some of the most um, common ailments that afflict human beings. Everyone can suffer burnout. Everyone can suffer depression. Um, Post-depression, I've come to value the importance of caring for not just giving out and caring, but receiving. I need to refuel so that I can effectively minister to others. And if we're in it for the long haul, if you want to live a long, fulfilled, uh, Christ-serving life, you have to pace yourself. You cannot run a marathon running the first mile at the way you would run a 100-meter dash. You just can't do it. I learned, therefore, that God gives me graces, fuel that I have to receive every day, and particularly sleep, adequate sleep, um, exercise. I was always a child who was running and playing and energetic, and I would ditch these things because I was so busy serving others. My body was craving for a release of that energy in a physical running around way, instead of all this uh, mental energy expenditure, which leads you into almost like a constant state of fight and flight. And there's nowhere for this adrenaline to go. I learned that important connection, and I built a regular exercise pattern back into my life. Um, fulfilling relationships as well. You know, in ministry, as a pastor's wife or a pastor, whatever you're serving, you're always on the lookout for the people who need someone to come alongside them. But if these are the only connections you make, you yourself are going to finish up drained. And it's important that you are in a position of receiving as well. And God gives us other friendships in our life so that these friendships fuel us. And it's not just me praying for other people. I need other people to pray for me. And this takes humility. And you know, when I think about it, um, pride can sometimes drive us along too, being strong. And I learned that the humility and the acceptance of God's gifts is so important to effective Christian service. Um, there are other things like uh, regular breaks, family vacations, days off, Sabbath. Um, all these things are important, and David will address these too. But in essence, I got my joy back. God gave it back, but God used means. And one of the key things was this temple of the Holy Spirit is not just a living sacrifice. It's a temple that needs to be maintained. And that way we keep our joy. Thank you. You've been listening to the Gospel Coalition podcast. For more gospel-centered resources, visit thegospelcoalition.org. 
Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Learn more and join us at tgc.org slash donate.